Hello and welcome to this week's episode of If It Is To Be Said, a succession podcast featuring me and Harry. Um, this week's episode, I was 26 minutes late to record. That's my own Matson power move, I think. What I'll say is I've got a hot theory that I got off Reddit that I'll that be time. saying later. <laughs> Oh my god, imagine how good this podcast would be if we actually gave ourselves time to research into um, things about succession. The thing <laughs> is... Instead of just vibing it. We're the vibes podcast. Yeah, 100p cent. What were your initial impressions of this episode? I liked it. I thought there was a lot of fun in it. Mm-hmm. It was a bit kind of... By the end of the episode, I, not I don't really know what happened, but in a way, I don't really know what everyone wants and who's... I feel like so many people have theories like, oh, Shiv did great, Matson outmaneuvered them, but it's like, I don't really know who's sort of winning right now. Right, right, right. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this really leads. That's true. I was thinking today when I was getting out of the bathroom what a weird way to start a sentence (laughs) and I was getting I was gonna say getting out of the shower and then I was like I haven't showered yet and you can definitely tell um for the listener I look dirty um I was thinking we're five episodes through now that's halfway like I can't begin to imagine what the end point will be of the season because so much is happening and I just thought like you know, halfway through, I don't think it's like any clearer, like where this is going, like what the main direction this season is going to be in is. Um, But that's, that's the thing. That's what happens when they do like five plot points in every episode. By, by the final episode, it could be like succession set like 40 years in the future. It's Shiv's child. There's a nuclear warfare and then the baby is running the news station and we'd be like, yeah, we couldn't think of that. So that's a good TV show. (laughs) The thing about Succession is I feel like they can make terrible ideas on paper work. Mm. I I wouldn't put anything past them. You know, like Logan dying that that early shouldn't have been the way they did it, but they did. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we should we go through the app? Will you, will you take us through the the points of the app? And I'll get my notes out. I've once again made notes because I'm a professional podcaster now. That's that's good. Well, we started off, and uh, with Kendall in the car. Oh yes, just like episode one. Yep. Uh, oh. And he's listening to Takeover by Jay Z. Yes. So. Yeah. I think when Kendall starts listening to rap music it's like a Chekhov's gun of like bad decisions <laughs> yeah and it is also funny because Matson later brings up Volta and he was listening to yes rap music to get the Volta deal done like that was his that oh was my god good. I didn't notice that that's so good um yeah so and when he's in the nugget wasn't it for us it was a beautiful thing to see but I guess it was better because it was like oh Kendall's doing this but he didn't like lose it, you know, he hasn't, I feel like he hasn't lost it. He hasn't like started doing drugs or anything again. So you're like, it's fine, Kendall, you can, you can listen to your Jay-Z. I'm just pleased to know you're not back on the, uh, what's slang for cocaine? Sniff? <laughs> the old <laughs> sniff. <laughs> just glad to see you're not back on the old sniff. That's me. That's Kendall's this grandma. This is his drug, isn't it? The, yeah. The... He he gets on the old sniff when he doesn't have the business sniff. Mm, that's so true. In a way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, but then he. Comes oh yeah, this. I oh, wait. That that reminded me of something. Um, of something which I thought I would ask you is if you're going to a gig, do you have a pre-song, a song that you're listening to on the way there, um, which will like get you in the mood, like your equivalent of like a Jay Z. I actually don't. Maybe I did really? at the beginning, mm. but I kind of feel like, but I don't even think I did at the beginning. I just used to go over my set in my head over and right. over again. Now I just sort of turn up and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I have to do comedy now. Your you set that? is your own Jay-Z song. <laughs> yeah, just 
with a beat to it that's music do you what's your yeah a hundred percent well i also get that thing of turning up and last night i had a gig that i had to get there for six because there was like it was like a charity gig so like the the audience could have bought could buy vip tickets to like have a champagne reception with the comedians before um yeah but i was i was accidentally late to that so i just got there for like five minutes but that was at six and then i wasn't on until like half nine and in that gap, I forgot I had to do comedy. And yeah. I was just sitting in the dressing room watching um, TikTok. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to perform. Um, my pre-gig, I, well, I don't know. The reason it came up in my head was I remember when I was newer, when I was doing the gig that you used to run in Battersea? Yeah. yeah. Run, right, funny. Yeah. yeah. I would always listen to tropical house music on the way there. Oh, really? You're like, oh, I'm in South London now. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, I don't know if it was actually technically tropical house music. It was that song, Higher Love, but the Kygo remix, which is like, it's like the sort of like music that they play when they're like panning across all the contestants at Love Island. Like that is the sort of vibe I was listening to. Get you into the sort of summer vibes. Yeah. (laughs) And then in Edinburgh, um had like a specific playlist which is just upbeat music but then on the day I got a three and a half star review from Chortle I added the song Fuck You by CeeLo Green to it (laughs) um so maybe I'm more like Kendall oh Kendall was the one I got on that quiz we did the other day so you're Kendall I am (laughs) I'm gonna get into wearing caps (laughs) caps and sort of beige he wears a lot of like he's so beige what am I wearing right now Orange? Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Similar. It could be, it's, it's an upbeat beige. That's yeah, what terracotta. I would call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rust. Rusty. Rusty. Anyway, next scene. <laughs> uh, so he goes in and Roman is already there working away. And you can see sort of a bit like, oh, all right. You mm. actually work, and I maybe I'm the one that doesn't work now. Yeah. And Shiv's already there. Shiv and her waistcoat moment. She, I've written sex icon. She looks so good. And I was like, I think this will come up, come into play later in the episode, but you're like, okay, Shiv is back on her like sexual gameplay. But when she was wearing that waistcoat, I was like, it's kind of reminds me of like, it's like some sort of like weird like Victorian cosplay fantasy um, that I'm sure some people in this world have, and it wouldn't be wrong if they did. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought she looked amazing, um, so that's that's my point. Um, and then the old guard come in, and they're sort of trying mm-hmm. to get in, but Roman and Kendall want to do it on their own. And then Roman says we should get Shiv, yeah, which I think is. Shows that he still wants to be a trio. He wants the mm-hmm. siblings to be all together. And again, mm-hmm. when Roman says that, Kendo, Kendall's not sort of against it, but he's just a bit like, oh, you're still yeah. keeping Shiv involved. All right. Yeah, That's it's like it hasn't weird, crossed his mind fine. at all. Yeah. Like he's not. It's, it, it, he, he's not. It feels like he's not actively fucking her over, you know, like it's not like he's going against his promise, but he's definitely not remembering that she exists. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. And she's not CC'd into the email or forwarded to the email. That's so heartbreaking. It's like, first first things first, she's fallen down the stairs. Now she's not in the loop on emails. Like, this is really her lowest point. But I think she did some amazing eye rolls in that scene. Like yeah. Sarah Snook. I think she should get an Emmy just for her eye acting. Like this if they was, did Emmys by body parts. <laughs> this was another good Sarah Snook episode. And I think everyone's sort of talking about Roman because he had the sort of emotional weight of the episode. But Sarah Snook was great. Sarah Snook. (laughs) Sarah Snook. (laughs) Old Nazza. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She acts so well with her eyes. I think Kendall acts like very well with his neck. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's neck heavy. He's he's heavy on the old neck. What's Roman? Roman is maybe like shoulders. He's more shoulders, yeah. <laughs> he's like a bit twitchy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little bit twitchy. Yeah, that's our that's our 
acting um, analysis done. In the Emmy, get, tell that to the Emmy judges. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Matson sent a list of names that he wants to come to this thing, which I think is like great, just kind of, we want all the fun characters in one mm-hmm. place. How can we make this like a real thing that would happen and it's sort of like a Matson quirk they're kind yeah. of getting he wants to see everyone up close but it also means we get everyone in Norway yeah we get everyone traveling to Norway it's like a um it's like a holiday episode which is really fun and honestly like I think it's really good that they put this in another place so that you have all those fun new settings because otherwise it would just be like business kind of dry business chat but as soon as they're all getting on that plane logan's death plane lest yeah. we forget r.i.p brother it's like oh my god like what's what who's gonna be it's like um they're going on like an away football match but yeah. none of them are football players <laughs> yeah and they're all getting prepared and honestly the slapstick moment of the four series Carl and Frank putting on compression socks because they don't want to <laughs> die like Logan is yeah. just incredible. And I feel like that's something you pitch, but then maybe like, like that's too silly to put in. But they, put but they it do in it so well. It's the fact that you can't put on compression socks and it not seem like inherently sexy. Like <laughs> the act of getting your leg out, it like seems like you're trying to be sexy, which is funny as well because isn't it like... They say that Logan didn't wear them because he wanted to impress Kerry. And it's like, he could have impressed Kerry. He could have put on a, a whole sexy show for her whilst yeah, he, he like could, rolled he up his compression socks. like five ones. <laughs> <laughs> With a little um, garter. What's the <laughs> thing at the top? Like one of those things from Anne Summers. <laughs> I bet, okay, maybe this is something for another time, but I bet there is some like really um, disgusting fan fiction out there. Or do you think, do you think Succession maybe? like hits an audience that don't aren't interested in fan fiction no they definitely are interested in it and i'd say it'd be greg and tom maybe roman mm. and jerry would be the ma- main two yeah maybe, maybe we'll investigate that maybe when we've got maybe we'll yeah investigate that do a special episode or something. <laughs> special x-rated episode <laughs> patreon only <laughs> Um, also the comment from Greg where he's like on Pussy Patrol when he shows up at the plane and it's just like you can't get more dislikable than this but I think it's so smart because Greg's whole appeal was him not realising that he could sort of like it was just I think he was attractive initially because of his lack of anything and everything like he just lacked everything and now he's gone down this route it's like he's like gone from sort of being the trope of like the clueless person at the office to being the like creepy like sleaze at the office yeah and constantly being shut down no one no one else is looking for um what's what's a sort of classy non-misogynistic word to use vagina <laughs> vagina that's yeah. what he's on the look for Norwegian hotties as he says yeah 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 um which yeah they're really just making Greg so sleazy it's hilarious and Tom is just sick of him now yeah yeah I feel like Greg is gonna Greg is gonna get himself into some sort of trouble with this I don't see this ending well for him but it, with Succession, it's like, are they really going hard on this to kind of, for it to be Greg's downfall? Or are they making the guy we've liked all these mm. series horrible for them him to get some victory? Because that is also something they would do. Yeah, that's so true. It could not be his downfall at all. In many ways, it could be the thing that gets him to the top. And isn't that a, a comment on society? Yeah, that would be such a big comment on society. <laughs> succession, if there's one thing about succession, they love to comment on society. <laughs> yeah. So do we, in a way. So do we. You we know, won't stop. socks bit, that's a comment. <laughs> that's a comment. Yeah, 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 big time. There are, there are, if you counted in this episode that we're doing right now, that our podcast episode, I'd say there'd be at least like two, three comments on society. Yeah, clip that. 
<laughs> exactly. All uh, right, where do we get to next? They're on the plane and Shiv notices that there are all the negative stories about Logan, right? Mm. And oh, yeah. Logan, uh, Kendall, I called him Logan there. Oh, he'd love that. He'd love yeah, that. He would love that. Calls in uh, his assistant. I forget her name. She is a legend, but or is it Carolina? She, she ca- calls, no. He calls in Frank. Uh, no, Car- oh, the Hugh- Hugo. He calls in Hugo. Hugo, and he's like, if, "Oh yeah, if anyone, if you catch anyone doing this, like they're dead." And that response almost confirms it to Shiv. She's just like, "What was that? This is you. yeah." And I think that's the first thing where she's like, "All right." Kendall's in it. As I suspected, Kendall's in it for himself. Yeah, and I think Roman kind of, you see Roman have maybe a thought process of like, that's weird. And also Roman knows more presumably because Roman was in that meeting where they offered that as a line of thinking. And so I think Roman like maybe has an inkling, but also like, he doesn't like want to face it, to be... really, does he? Yeah, he, he doesn't wants everyone want to... to be together. Like, that is yeah. kind of his thing. He, he, he doesn't want to break it up by kind of entertaining that idea, it seems. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he can entertain it. And I, don't, and I think he still trusts Kendall. Like, you get the sense throughout this whole episode that, like, Kendall is his big brother. And, like, it's like his big brother can, like, lead him into, like, the forest and, like, tell him to, like jump into the river and he'll do it a little bit like yeah. he's he's still kind of got that childlike admiration for him I think yeah um and also I love that Shiv has to sit on the other side of the plane that's another like really childlike moment where you're like oh the boys aren't letting their sister play yeah um, and they're just sort of looking at documents as Shiv puts it yeah really funny she's she does know she she like you can see, I think you can see why Matson, obviously, other than the fact that she's a sexy lady, but you can see why Matson maybe is more drawn to her than the other two. Yeah, um, she's a, she kind of floats above it a bit more. Yeah, maybe Except because she's maybe, not been yeah. involved. Yeah, and I think series two was where she kind of didn't float above it, where she got the carrot dangled. But I think other than that, she kind of has floated above it a bit and can comment on it and see what's happening a bit more. Yeah, Shiv is in her floating era. Yeah. <laughs> and we're here for it. We're here for it. Uh, and they offer to slice Tom's throat for Shiv. And mm-hmm. they're just like, just as, a, just as a nice thing. Like, that's like them like, offering her something nice. Yeah, brotherly support there. Yeah. But she doesn't really want it. She doesn't want to slice Tom's throat. And... Then she comes out and Tom is right there, right? So does that imply that he's heard that? He's heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's and she doesn't that. defend him. She just sort of doesn't comment on it, which I think Tom would... Tom's very perceptive. I think if he overheard that, he'd be like, she doesn't want to slice my throat. All right. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it counts as something, doesn't it? I think it... And I think her... If she'd gone in really defensive, it would be like almost worse but because she just sort of says nothing it's like okay where's this gonna go yeah and I think just to sort of maybe jump ahead a bit with the Tom and Shiv I feel like episode one they Mm -hmm. were kind of nice to each other where they had like their hand holding moment because they it almost I think both of them at that point thought it was over Mm -hmm. but now I think they both kind of Shiv because of the pregnancy Tom maybe because of that and some other signs is like there's still hope there. They're kind of outwardly mean to each other a bit more because they're still angry. So they they want to express it because they're like, oh, we could end up getting back together. So I do want to be a bit mean, you know? Yeah. And I think it's there. I mean, I think we can go into this in greater detail when we get to the scenes, but it does feel like it's there sort of... Is there is the way their chemistry like expresses itself is through those conversations. Yeah. Um, oh, I've just opened Siri for some for some reason. Let me close that. Okay, where are we? Um, they get to Matson's retreat. Yes. Um. Oh wait, yeah. Quick, quick. Let me jump in quickly here. 
Did you know who that guy on the plane was who was just like that random character? I think his name was Ray or something. And there's two of them that look the same, right? Yeah, I think so. He's been in it. He did Bore on the Floor. He was one of the Bore on the Floor. I think he's just sort of side kind of, not top Side business. On the list. Because he was sitting so centrally in the like shot on the plane and I was like who the fuck is this guy in his little in his little sweater um fisherman's sweater yeah I feel like the sort of random suits blend in like Carl I think was barely a character until very late even though he was probably in every episode like you kind of didn't yeah that's so true maybe Ray will be succession maybe they're seeding him early um, also, uh, the other thing, the other moment on that plane before we get to Maxon's retreat is when Jerry gives that like speech where she just like really casually yes. gives like an incredibly rousing speech. It's like, like she literally talks in like perfect Shakespearean metaphor. That's the, I think that's the final scene of that. And everyone's just sort of like, okay. And like, I watched that and I was like, yeah, Jerry should be the one leading this company. Like she is absolutely suited for it she can do it and that and it reminded me of the scene where logan is in atn and he does that mad speech where everyone starts applauding when he's standing on a box um and then hugo goes we're snakes on a plane (laughs) (laughs) and it's like oh bless you you haven't really understood what's going on have you darling (laughs) hugo is so funny this series yeah Uh, hugo hugo in the greg parallel which i made last week i think that's is standing up more and more yeah, because they're both just sort of little weasels that they use to disseminate <laughs> false information. Like that's, yeah, that's and they it. can't control their impulses very well, I don't think. They both have really poor think-before-you-speak and impulse control yeah. techniques. Um, so yeah, they get to the company away, though. I thought, like, I was like, this place really looks like all the TikToks that I get sent of, like, Airbnbs in Europe where it's like some girl in a bath being like I found this Airbnb it's only like four thousand dollars a night it's perfect yeah I mean that's literally what it is yeah (laughs) it's gorgeous I want to go I'm sold but it was very like Kendall commented that it was just small that was his comment because he's just used to everything being amazing all the time I um it reminds me of this one time I went to I went to Glastonbury um because of my dad worked for a company which like had got sponsorship tickets to Glastonbury and so he gave me the tickets and I took this girl from my school who was like the really popular girl who I like didn't really understand why she was friends with me and they got my dad's like as part of those tickets they got like um fancy like glamping sheds where it's like a little shed and um we got there and she was like god this is so small (laughs) <laughs> and I was like this is going to be a long fucking weekend and it was <laughs> oh, wow, but yeah. five years later she did message me saying hey like the comedy seems to be going like really well that's so cool and I was like yeah it's going well and she was like cool does your dad still get Glastonbury tickets because my boyfriend didn't manage to get one yeah wow. yeah that's don't incredible. edit don't edit that out I don't even care <laughs> That's actually incredible. I respect that sort of forwardness. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't get the tickets, let's just say. Um, anyway, what... Oh, yeah, the, the the yurts. No, not yurts. What are they? They're like little cabins, the most beautiful cabins I've yeah. ever seen. Um, oh. And then they go straight to the negotiations. And as they're going up, Connor calls Roman. Oh. Yeah, and, and it is because I feel like at that point I'd forgotten that Logan had just died in a way, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, they haven't even had the funeral yet, and he's asking questions because Marsha wants to put him in a kilt, and Connor <laughs> thinks it will look weird. Um, and Willa says, "Don't let them make fun of you." On the phone, did she? Oh. I think so. I think that's what she says. Um, I didn't, I don't think, I think I actually missed it in the episode, but then I saw a tweet about it where when, when they, when they start talking to Connor on the phone and she like goes to say something, I think that's what she says. It's like, don't let them make fun of you. And it's like, Willa, Willa continuing her arc to top character of, of the succession show. Yeah. I, 
Willa and Connor are my two favourites now. Yeah. And Tom and Shiv, though, you know. I just hope for the best for Tom and Shiv. Yeah. I think it's... Um, I wonder what they are going to put Logan in for his old funeral. I guess that means he's getting buried, right? Not cremated. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I'm he's sure that would be an episode. Picked out, I would say. Yeah, Highgate Cemetery, somewhere, somewhere nice. Yeah. Where I do you think the Highgate funeral will be? Birthday. Oh, Where yeah, will he it wants be? it in the city. So he wants it in New York City. So I reckon it will be some like big kind of event. That was on his list. With was it? Kendall's name. He wanted a funeral in the city. He wants to be um, shot off the top of the Empire State <laughs> Building, like when they like set, set Vikings off. <laughs> into space. Yeah, into space. <laughs> Logan's kilted, his kilt flapping in the wind as he gets shot up to space. Uh, and they just sort of say, Connor, you deal with it, right? Yeah. But they also say, Kendall says you can send pigs. Yeah, and really. Roman's like, don't send pigs. Yeah. Uh, which and... come, come back slight, comes back later. Yeah, absolutely. And also when they're in that... Um, uh cable car thing i think another really smart move from the writers to help help um the thickers watching i.e us and everyone who listens to this podcast um these lo- this lovely beautiful audience when they're when kendall is explaining to them their tactics about the deal and he just writes down the number like on a big piece of paper and like holds it towards the camera and i was watching it like Okay, one, four, four. Keep that number in my head. That will be important for the rest of the episode. I genuinely think if they haven't, if they hadn't written it down, I wouldn't have remembered what their yeah, goal cause, was. Because it's like we just need to know what yeah. is good, what is bad, what. Because we don't know what everyone wants, so that's already a mm. mystery to us. So mm. we, we've got at least what the board want and what the old guard want and what the kind of consensus is like because everyone wants to sell get their big cash out yeah um and then does it go straight to the the meeting or or do we cut away to the we cut to tom and the mingling and the buffet right which is so fun because like tom sort of says like oh i'm atn like i'm not really involved in this and he says i'll be your guide Mm. to the sort of big uh, Scandinavian man. He's angling for anything. And I I think it's, you know, it's his only option, isn't it? Yeah. It's his only he, option. Yeah. So he, he sort of thinks he's out of it, but is still angling. And then Hugo has <laughs> a massive plate. Yeah. Oh, God. It's at that point when I saw Hugo's plate that I was like, I'm Hugo. <laughs> and Oh no, I'm Hugo. And everyone's... He sort of tries to neg the Olympian by saying mm. he nearly finished third. But yeah. then someone's just like, leave some for the rest of us when he looks at his yeah. plate. And one of the best lines of the uh, episode, I think, was uh, Hugo, where they mentioned his plate and he said, I metabolise fast because I'm dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and he does. I mean, he's a small guy. It must be true. It must be true. His plate had on it a pancake folded in half, stacked on the cinnamon buffet, the cinnamon buns, and then he had a croissant thing in his hand. Yeah, he's carb loading. (laughs) He's carb loading for the thing. I think this whole scene was so perfect because it had, and I guess this continues for the whole rest of the episode. It has that like it's almost like two schools like meeting like when when you go to like a camp thing and there's like another school there and you're like mingling and it's like a little bit like tense there's like a little bit of like sexual energy it's like a bit like ooh, who's gonna be here and um I think like the casting directors fuck they did a good job with everyone who works for Matson. yeah because they're all young and giant men who are yeah just Complete opposites are like the Hugos, you know, yeah. and the Franks and the Carl. They all look so composed and so like, so like, you know, like work isn't their whole life. Like they know what they're doing. They like, 
they're all wearing the Gojo um, merch as well. Like yeah. you, you, you can tell they get like great benefits. Like they're, oh, yeah. I think from that point onwards for the rest of the episode, I was sort of like, I think I'd rather work for Matson. Yeah, I think he's sort of classic like tech. Yeah. Uh, but then also Scandinavian, sort of like brutally efficient, but mm-hmm. just kind of nicer on the surface. Yeah. I think it's very like, for me, the important thing is like, how much free stuff would a company give you? Like, and I feel like Gojo would, yeah, like you can see it's like, it's not just that they give you like pencils and like a notebook and a highlighter. It's like, they're giving you like waterproof jackets. They're giving you thermals. That is enough to make me get employed by them. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's all high quality stuff as well. It's not yeah. like cheap tat. It's not, it's not fruit of the loom. <laughs> And that is why we have a podcast. Then we had the negotiations. And mm-hmm. Matson's uh, outfit choice. He's come in with his rain <laughs> mac on with the hood up. Yeah, insane. It makes him look even bigger as well. You're already like struck by how huge he is compared to... And also, like it does feel like he seems like a lot younger... Like, I feel like you really get a sense of, like, Kendall's age in this when Matson's got his green hood up. Yeah, I mean, that's such an interesting character choice that you're just... It kind of tells you so much about this guy. It's like, Mm. he... Because it makes him seem, like, sort of... More sort of cool and, and in control than Kendall, but it is also him trying to seem like he doesn't care and stuff. So yeah. you kind of get get it both, where it's like compared to Kendall and Roman, he is like that, but he is also very much trying to be perceived a certain way. Yeah, it reminds me of like people I've met who are like like. No, I'm not going to say like any specific details, but who have like high up roles. And this is always men who like purposely like try and be like a bit quirky and a bit weird. And it's like to like power play you. And you're just like, what are you doing? You're like a grown man. It's like a bit pathetic. Like I was once in this meeting with this guy who like was like very high up and he would just um like he would just occasionally just get up and go sit on the other side of the room and go on his laptop for a bit and then come back and like with no explanation at all and it was like what what do it's like this is like a child like begging for attention (laughs) yeah just trying to make power plays it's like yeah sort of like me yeah yeah yeah, you're (laughs) if you're just listening to this uh Anya is sitting on her chair backwards and has uh, (laughs) I have four hoods up (laughs) four hoods up (laughs) (laughs) one over the top of another um yeah you're right it's such a good character choice and it's like none of them comment on it as well yeah like it's just like okay this is just how it is and then these negotiations were i would say terrible for kendall and roman and it was because at this point (laughs) they genuinely and mattson said like what do you want like and what they actually wanted, which is to tank the deal, isn't aligned with what they have to negotiate. And they also, ha- at that point, hadn't had the talk mm. about tanking the deal. So they even had couldn't be transparent with each other. So it's kind of like, Madsen was just like, what kind of, what's even going on here? Like, what yeah. do you want? So they haven't communicated with each other. And it's like, you. I think we all kind of knew that was going to happen, given how often senior members were like, well, maybe we should talk about what happens if it doesn't go to script, i.e. he wants ATN. And then it's like, he wants ATN. And they're like, fuck, we hadn't thought about this. Um, And I think it's funny how you see Kendall, like, resort to his dad's technique that we're told about, where they're like, oh, your dad would always try and break the ice with the joke. And then Kendall sort of tries to make a joke after it like doesn't start working about the resort but it just like comes off as like really rude and like it doesn't quite work and and then I don't know if you notice this but 
I, I was watching, I was like, why is Roman wearing that like weird cardigan? Then I was like, oh, that's what Logan always wears. Like Logan always wears those cardigans with like the thick neck, like knitted thing. And it's yeah. like, and then later on, Shiv makes that comment about um, like saving dad's old sweater. And it's like, it feels like Roman has like, I, I wouldn't say before this, Roman had like an identifiable style. Like I think Kendall and Shiv have both had their like, clear looks at certain points I think Kendall's is slightly more like Logan anyway like with the caps and stuff but um it's like oh Roman's like suddenly dressing like this but I can't remember what he dressed like before so like he didn't he didn't really have anything and now he's trying to dress like his dad and it's like really weird to see like a young guy in that cardigan it just kind of broke my heart yeah because I feel like what I think of Roman's style is like suits and shirts in particular that are sort of mm. one tight one size too small for him yeah They're almost yeah. like sort of bursting out of them yeah yeah which is probably oh. a choice that is something sort of a metaphor for something but <laughs> i don't know what it is oh it's a metaphor for his something that is repressed yeah that's yeah, what it is something I that's repressed his yeah. torso <laughs> his torso is repressed um And in this scene... Oh, sorry, you go. No, you go. Well, I was just going to see. it's funny how Kendall calls him Logan. He's like, Logan, blah, 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 when they're negotiating, and then Roman calls him dad. He's Mm. like, our dad. And, and like, it it sort of underlines this thing that we've already seen of, like, Roman seems to be the most, even though he's pre-aggrieved, does seem to be the most affected still by his dad's death. Like, he's... Or also it plays into that thing of like, he's very family orientated at this point. He's like, we are the siblings. This is our dad's company. We're fulfilling our dad's wish of this deal and ATN. Like it's all part of that. Whereas Kendall's sort of gone into like this weird, like avatar, like um, not avatar way of the warrior, like like an avatar of like a businessman, like do, 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 walking around making deals, like really robotic. Um, yeah, and his sort of business jargon is just off the chain. Like, yeah. it's crazy. He just sort of comes out with uh, just such bullshit, which is just, again, him just, like, trying to be business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 embarrassing to watch. Um, and another thing I noticed is that Matson's eyes are the same colour as his T-shirt. Wow. What's that a metaphor for? I don't know, maybe he's wearing his uh <laughs> self his self, himself. He's wearing himself. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's what I think that must be what they were thinking. On his sleeve, on his he's on wearing his eyes. Himself. <laughs> oh, and his sleeve and his chest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, perfect. <laughs> um, um so so they kind of don't really have an answer for folding ATM back in. And mm-hmm. they have to go and speak to everyone. They go and get Shiv, who's not around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she doesn't really, she just doesn't really care about ATN. She's just like, yeah, whatever. And yeah. she's more annoyed that ATN have been basically doing, peddling whatever line Menken, the sort of mm. right presidential candidate, has wanted to say. So that's yeah. her big concern. And Kendall's like, that's not cool, that's not cool. Uh, but And then trying to get back to the point whereas Roman doesn't care at all because that's obviously he likes Menkin, you know. Yeah, right, of course. Yeah, and Shiv is just like randomly in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, what is she doing in there? Picking flowers, wood nymph. <laughs> <laughs> they just find her in a forest pass. I love that. Um, and then is it is it the scene where they're like, at the barbecue. Yeah, and a lovely uh, Tom Tom and Greg yeah. are kind of reconvening about what's going on. And Greg, as much as he is an idiot, he gets the gossip. That is his one score, yeah. and that's why yeah. he's Hugo. Uh, yeah. He gets the gossip, which is that Matson wears noise-cancelling headphones when he fucks randos, as, as Greg put it, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Which is funny that they kind of put that in. It's such a well-known 
thing as well yeah. allegedly allegedly he allegedly does that but yeah perfect it is a perfect reference um but i feel like so many people must have been watching that and then been like that's about that's a leonardo and i like, had to pause it and like explain to whoever they were watching with oh yeah there's this rumor that leonardo dicaprio wears noise cancelling headphones whilst he fucks um 18 year olds <laughs> yeah that's such a sort of well-known rumor because it's hard to know that and not tell people because it's yeah. so weird <laughs> and to be fair if he does if he does i'd, I'd love to know the brand of noise cancelling headphones because these i mean you can see these are 20 pounds off amazon they're awful yeah, and yeah. um i'm sure i'm sure he know well not not that i would be using them for the same purpose but sometimes i get trains to gigs it's quite loud so leo if you're listening drop us an email we could maybe set up like a brand deal yeah (laughs) he could if he if he decides he wants to cash in on that that would be an incredible power move yeah is to be like um yeah it's true but these are the headphones (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can buy them (laughs) (laughs) using my code leofuxrandos0150 at checkout oh dear yeah get greg does get the gossip um and he's in his little checkered coat like really lumberjack chic like he looks really um at home in those in those mountain rages i think yeah i think he his skill is he just pretends he's meant to be there and even though he's definitely not because he goes up to the siblings again after being batted back so many times by them and just sort of tries to again pretend they're just mates and he refers to them as the quad squad which is a great turn of phrase like if i if i came up with that i would be using that every possible opportunity for sure yeah um and shiv is wearing a beautiful coat um just to just to again underline i feel like her outfit choices in this episode it's like she's back on she's back on something she's getting back on the horse yeah. She's in her sexual energy. Um, and then there's that conversation where it's like, is France going to make it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole com- this whole kind of scene is amazing and it's sort of the light relief because Tom just goes over, which I kind of feel like Tom just has balls when it comes yeah. to that. It's like where he ate Logan's chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he just yeah. goes over and... They kind of say, is France going to make it? And then his response, I feel like is actually good. He's just like, we're America. We don't give a fuck about France. We've got our own Paris. And if it burns, we'll just build a new one. And it's like, actually, like, that's the the only conversation we see him have with Matson, really. Um, And then he's not on the list. He's not on the kill list. So it's like, maybe maybe Matson... Oh, wait, was he? He wasn't, but I think maybe it could be down to Shiv. Shiv. Combo. But yeah. I, I do think as a sort of... Because these conversations about... Fr- it's not really a conversation about France. It's just, yeah. you know, can Matson throw Tom off? And he kind of mm. doesn't really, which... I think is at least a small victory for Tom. And then Greg comes over and it's like, I read an article about yeah. it in The Economist. It's so much. It's so much. I was just like, oh God, you're like the, the way he's standing. Cause like even Tom is sitting down and Greg is standing and he's kind of telling it to Tom. And it's like him and Tom are doing this like weird little performance of their double act for yeah. these real men and it's like oh god like this is so humiliating and he then says, you have the siblings in the background as well like it's just oh dear he says the old lady france you, you shouldn't write her off <laughs> the old baguette <laughs> <laughs> oh it's awful it's awful greg um and and i have to think in that conversation first of all they do that thing where they start making a joke in one language and then switch back to the other to explain it and it's just like that is yeah. such a good power move I, i've got the translation of oh what my god they said because uh, this is after he sort of says he's a cousin because he wasn't actually on the original list to be invited we find mm-hmm. out he just sort of came 
And then this is the translation of the Norwegian. He says, wait, so you're all related. This is one big, did you, did we end up at one of those incestuous family reunions? Six foot nine of pure nepotism, inbred Habsburg giant. And then at that point, he says to Tom, do you agree? And Tom's like, yeah, I actually do. <laughs> because it is the sort of thing that Tom would say to him anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not some like own, like, oh, I'm going to get Tom to agree to this. Because yeah, like, yeah Tom would if you said it in Tom English. would say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bless him, Greg. He gets a right ribbing there. Um, I think when they have that, conversation there when they're like do you want to just do it now I do get the sense of like Kendall Kendall is the best match for Matson out of him and Roman and Matson like yeah. in terms of holding his own like not being thrown off by like Matson's weird power plays I think Kendall can see through it a bit better than Roman Roman like falls for them a bit more and Kendall can kind of like steal keep his keep his nerves yeah I, I think it's almost like Kendall has all the skills to deal with Matson, but he doesn't, and in the same, and kind of in a way to deal with his dad back in the day, but he doesn't have like the sureness in what he wants, mm. who he is, like what, he kind of doesn't have that. So he can't use his skills in an effective way because it's like, he doesn't know what he wants. He's not sure on anything really so yeah it's hard for him whereas Matson just does what he wants just like Logan did and just kind of follows his gut whereas yeah. Kendall doesn't which is like the only thing holding him back almost yeah it's like he's he's got like the first step but he doesn't have the foundations of like what he needs to do with that like slightly like business like not business savvy. He's definitely not business savvy, but he's like, he can cope in that world. Yeah. But he just doesn't, he doesn't know what to do after he copes. Yeah. Um, The sauna scene. Great. <laughs> Frank and Carl outside in their dressing gowns. That is us, isn't it? Like... That's, well, I've saved that picture on my phone for when I do the Instagram story. <laughs> <laughs> When I watched that, I was like, I know we already said we're the Carl of the podcast, but like this has really nailed it in. They can't, they can't get into the, they can't get into the hot room with all, with all the real men. Yeah, I've said yeah, real they're... men so much in this episode. Weird, weird phrase to be using. Yeah, like Hugo's in there. They're just all trying to like prove something by being in there. Yeah, but we're out. We're, we're out. We're too old for that shit. Yeah, they just are. they just want to cash out and leave like yeah simple they don't i don't think they would ca care about being kept on at gojo you know yeah yeah which is which is um good for them yeah uh and then we get maybe the pivotal scene of the mm. episode matson and shiv yeah uh chatting yeah, it's so strange. It's so strange because it's kind of like, what is going on here? Matson, you feel like, oh, Matson's playing Shiv. That was my initial thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. But then Matson reveals the blood thing. Yeah. That is just like, okay. He's been sending blood to Ebba, who we meet earlier, who's their Carolina, their PR person. Yeah, a beautiful young lady. A beautiful Scandinavian lady. Uh, and Matson just sort of drops that info to, in Shiv's lap, asking for advice. Mm. Right? And now that's... A, and I feel like Shiv... Why I thought Shiv was getting played was because she kind of reveals the status of her and Tom. Mm -hmm. But then I think that was actually good because that bought Matson's trust. Yeah. And he revealed something much worse. Like, yeah. And now Shiv's got that in the back pocket. She says Carolina's good and Carolina can help you with this and Jerry is good as well. Yeah. Right. And then we see later on, two people mm. not on the kill list, Carolina, Jerry, the third being Tom, mm -hmm. which makes you feel like Shiv had influence over the kill list there. Yeah, that's so true. 
Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because like, it definitely seems like with all his power plays, this could be like another test or like weird thing. But the way, the way, whoever, I've forgotten the name of the guy, Alexander Skarsgård or something, who plays Matson, yeah. does it. It's like, you do get a genuine, there is like a genuine sense of like panic in him a little bit. Yeah. And it feels like it's a bit too real. Like, I would be really impressed if it turns out that that's like some like test for Shiv. Like, yeah. It's, it's, and he's, we've seen him. He wears his hood up inside. We know he's like weird enough to send blood. But also, like, that's quite a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, half a litre. And he sent, did he send four? Sounds Brooks. like he sent loads. <laughs> I mean, Shiv's sort of response to this was so funny because she wasn't, she didn't, she wasn't like shocked or anything, but she was just like, uh, number one, stop sending people your blood. That's yeah. number one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good advice, really. Yeah, it's good advice. We should all, we should both take that advice, actually. And I think we, we got the sort of Leo reference earlier and I feel like this was a bit like Jared Leto, um... Or letter, mm. like, um, what's that other guy's name? The cannibal. Yeah, like oh, I feel like that. it was a bit of a reference. Yeah. To, to them. You know? Yeah, that's so true. Um, but yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I just wrote, "Is he joking?" Question mark. Question mark. Exclamation mark. So I was like, "What's going on?" But you're right. I do think it makes sense given that she, because she is so like brutally honest about Tom in a way where it's like, we've not seen her be like this with anyone. Part of me is thinking like, is that like a little bit of a flirting play to be like, Tom isn't in the picture. But then also like the way she says it is like, oh, she she let the honesty does come through. I think, yeah, it was very honest. And because she almost wasn't like doing a kind of fake, I hate him. She Mm. was just like, yeah, we broke each other's hearts. It was like, the most honest she's been about it, which, and Matson not putting Tom on the kill list, obviously that scene cut off. So we don't know if that was a specific request by Shiv, which it mm. could have been, or just Matson reading between the lines and knowing. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like their flirt- flirtatiousness was, I don't think it was ever leading to, I think they were just both enjoying flirting. I don't think yeah. Shiv would ever be stupid enough to like do anything. And I think Matson knows that, so he wouldn't even try. It's like but, fun having it in the air. Exactly. Yeah. Whilst they both have their like complicated situationships. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Which I then think this conversation with him is like part of the huge fire that like, re- like sort of sends her on this like weird thing with Tom, which I, I don't think, is that the next scene or no? No, the next, uh, it must be the, um, where they it, decide to tank the beard. Yeah, we get, uh, the deal. yeah, they maybe uh, we've skipped before that was Kendall going to Rome and saying, oh, right. We yeah. want to tank the deal. And Roman is sort of kind of like, the thing is, I feel like Roman in his deep down, that's what he wants, but yeah. he doesn't want to screw everyone over, Yeah, including he... his dad's legacy, Shiv, mm. like, but he gets convinced to by Kendall. Yeah, he follows Kendall down the path and it's just like, it makes sense because it's like Kendall, obviously we know him, we know he can't say goodbye to this like power and it's in his hands for the first time. Yeah. And it's funny how he's like, we're good at this. And it's like, you have done nothing. Like, you have done nothing so far. It's yeah. been like two days. And he's like, yeah, we're pretty good at this. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty good at like getting on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reading I documents. Mean, it is just, they, he just wants Waystar as he imagined it. Like, yeah. That, that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that happens before. And then we get, Kendall getting Greg to do his dirty work and just sort of Mm -hmm. say no one's getting along on the retreat which again Greg is just like a Hugo sort of mini Hugo here Uh, and then we get the Shiv and Tom 
mm-hmm. interaction where she says your shoes are gonna uh, give her from migraines, was it something like that? Because they're all it was so hard to understand what she was saying. She was saying nothing basically. She just wanted to kick dirt at Tom. Yeah, yeah. And then he flicks her big earlobes <laughs> and says she's got thick earlobes. <laughs> That's like he wants to insult her, but he he couldn't in any way, I feel like in good conscience, insult the way she looks really because mm. he loves her and thinks yeah. she's amazing. So he goes for the earlobes, which is just, they've just insulted two things that are just completely meaningless in such an odd way. With, but with such like high tension there. And like it's funny, it's it looks like a it looks like a video of like two cats, like where one of them like starts hitting the other and then the other one like swipes back and like the way like Tom just stands there after he flicks it and it's just like Huh? <laughs> What's yeah, going and on? Shiv like... is just like what the hell? But also so you could tell when after this scene, it was like, This is back on. Yeah. Yeah. God. That's that's the tip for the men out there. If you can't get your woman to stay, flick her earlobes. That's I mean, where that the clit is. Probably some like incel nagging advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I I wrote that she it feels like she has like sexual energy, but she doesn't know like how to put it anywhere. So she's like kicking his shoes. Like it. It feels like two children in a playground who fancy each other but are being mean to each other. Yeah. Um, okay, and then I guess we get to the... The mountain. Sort of the mountain and the final Yeah. Stretch. The final big negotiation. Roman, Kendall want to tank the deal uh, instantly because they start telling him about how their big movie is a flop. He's seen the yeah. uh, news story about n- them not getting on that Greg planted... Uh, and he's just like, you're Scooby-Doing me, is how he puts it. But he just knows instantly they're trying to tank the deal. So that's yeah. like, there's no sort of back and forth before, really. Mm-hmm. They're just walking up the mountain and he, he realises. So that kind of throws them off. Now, I'd say their whole plan is out the window because he knows. Yeah. So Roman just decides to tell him that he hates him and they're trying to tank the deal and does his sort of monologue. Which feels like it comes, it's like a result of him saying your dad was a prick, but whatever, I can't remember what the other thing he says is. Yeah, and Connor also sends Roman a Mm. pic of dead Logan, which I think kind of puts him in this vulnerable emotional state. Yeah, so true. Um. But he says he hates him and they're going to tank the deal. And if he tells the board, he'll just say it was a negotiating tactic um, and just goes off on him. What did you make of this? I, I was like pleased to see Roman getting it out. It felt like he needed to say it. And I think that's what's so hard about this is that you're like, oh, half of me is happy for him that he said it and that he had the like gumption to stand up to Max and when he says when he says like I really fucking hate you like I really hate you you're like yes Roman you are saying something you mean you're being clear with your feelings you are like asserting yourself and you can tell Matson kind of is into it he's like finally they're like being clear with me they're like um someone saying something that they and actually it, mean that's the thing because he knew anyway and I feel like yeah. him knowing and them sort of going along with the pretense. Matson has the control there. It's yeah, like he he's has kind the of winning. Where it's like he said what he wants and it's like he knew anyway. But now it does put Matson on the ropes a little bit. Mm. Um But I think so half of me feels like that, but then the other half is like, oh Roman, like I like it would make sense if like this him finally getting his stuff off his chest is gonna like fuck the deal it's gonna make it because Matson will probably know how to make it more complicated for them and I think Matson does seem like a little bit surprised when they're like when um Roman is like there's no deal and Matson is like oh right okay really and he's like yeah I fucking hate you blah 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 but 
part of me throughout this whole scene and the next scene is like, why does Matson want it so much? Is it because it's something he can't have at this point? Or like... Yeah, I think, well, I think it's a big company and he just wants to be an even bigger company. And then it is just that winning thing, like mm. wanting to win. Because... What did you think of it? Well, it it's interesting because they get back on the plane. Mm-hmm. Matson calls Frank, right? Mm-hmm. And makes this insane deal that's like way higher than he was making before. Yeah. And goes straight to Frank, so it's like they can't really reject this. It's so high, it can't be rejected. So on one hand, it's like Matson's got the company and Roman and Kendall said they weren't selling. And now they they have to sell. So Matson wins. But also, Matson's just gone so high. So they've kind of fleeced him a little bit. So mm. who wins? I don't really know because no one's really getting what they want in a way. It feels, it's hard to tell, isn't it, how much that money means to Matson. Like, it's sort of, you get the sense that it doesn't really mean a lot, but also it is a lot of money. And I I don't, I feel like what, it's not even clear to me that Roman and Kendall will not keep trying to tank it. I feel like it doesn't, it's, it's perfect, it's perfect writing. So it's like, you know, like the one time they've managed to achieve something and everyone on the plane is like, genuinely really impressed by them even Kendall's like PR oh no PR the personal assistant is like well done guys like this is amazing and like they just keep doing better and better but it's like obviously the opposite to what they're trying to make happen and it's like yeah it's not that these guys are can only make things bad it's like they just can't make things what they want them to be ever oh it's so perfect yeah I really don't know where they go from here you Mm. know in how they kind of try and continue try to tank the deal. I don't know really what their next move is. It's just hard, isn't it? Because now also I think with the kill list that they go through, maybe that will shift things because there are some people who would get bumped if they sold, right? Like the Hugos. Like Hugo and Frank definitely seemed a bit like fucked off that they wouldn't have a job still. So it's like maybe they'll be able to get some more people on their team, people on the board as well, who will be like, they now have some skin in the game of like, we can only stay if this doesn't get sold to Matson. Yeah. Wow. I, I really don't know where it's going and it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, well, we know where it's going. It's going to end with the succession of the future shivs. Baby leading the company through nuclear well, fallout. Shall I tell you the theory I read on Reddit? Yes, uh, yes. Chekhov's Reddit theory that I said about in the beginning of the episode. Mm. Uh, the theory is, and I'm not saying I believe this. Okay. The theory is that in the end, right, the siblings become just like logan and his siblings so kendall becomes Mm. the new logan right he screws everyone over to to tank the deal and become ceo shiv then is like ewan right because they've been playing up how much she hates atn and all of this so she Mm. is gonna become bitter and hate the politics of waystar just like ewan does and just kind of get pushed out and be that bitter person on the board that doesn't really get involved right and then roman is like rose (gasps) the dead sister so roman dies in this theory oh my god roman's like the glue that kept the siblings together so when roman dies like shiv goes you know like you and um fuck and then connor and will are just a kind of separate i guess that would be mad. If that happens, that would be mad. But it does feel like, you know, in a show about family and like not being able to move on, that would kind of make sense. I feel like they wouldn't do something as stark as, you know, like a direct parallel. Yeah. And I think as well, I don't know if 
killing one of the siblings in the f- episodes we've got left really fully makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I think that the writers can make anything work, but I just don't feel like that makes sense. Although in Roman's kind of hate-filled speech to Maxim, he's like, he says at one point, I'm dead or I'm already dead. Mm. Something like that. Oh my God. If Roman dies, if he dies, because also they are setting him up as like, he's on his, like he's having feelings. He's like being thoughtful to carry. Like it feels like they could be setting him up for like, you like this character now. So good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. Oh my God. It could, ta- it's a feasible fuck. theory. It's definitely yeah. worth discussing. So I, that's why I brought it up. Who posted that theory? Was it Lucy Preble 01? <laughs> <laughs> Lucy and Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy and Jesse joint account. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, I think it was a good episode. I loved it. Well, good can't episode. wait to see what happens next. Yeah. This was definitely a kind of, episode that left you wondering <laughs> what happens next whereas logan's death for example was like right holy shit yeah this yeah, was yeah. more like setting things up for the future that i don't really fully understand yet yeah this is getting the ducks in a row for to shoot them all down yeah um all right well thank you for listening everyone oh, you know we've never asked anyone to rate this podcast maybe let's keep it that way <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can. Don't bother. Don't bother. We've only got five more episodes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone, bye.